Welcome to Encounter. This is a podcast and radio show where we seek to encounter Christ, culture, and community. Welcome to the new year. We wanted to wish you a happy new year from Joe Cole and I at the Encounter Podcast. We are really excited to kick off this year with a deeper understanding of the Bible and digging into all of the topics we've been talking about, digging into different scriptures. We have a couple of small tweaks for this new year. We want to really focus on having a lot of the guests we've had on already and having them as an additional voice to study scripture and study topics instead of focusing on testimonies as much. So we're looking forward to having some of our favorite guests back on and diving into the Word of God even deeper. So first episode of the year, we are talking about tribalism and unity. So we are focusing on unity for this next year, as every Bible-believing Christian should. And what better way to do that by studying the Bible's theme of unity that is found throughout it. And we look at what it looks like for disunity, what tribalism looks like today um, in the church, out of the church. And a lot of really relevant discussions come out of this, because this is one of the tribalism is one of the biggest flaws or the biggest natural sinful tendencies that we have as believers and that a lot of times breaks apart churches. So we want to look at what it means to be united under Christ, united under the banner of Christ, and we want to do that together. So let's kick off this new year with a spirit of unity and let's dig deep into the word. Happy New Year. I, was, so I, was I didn't know what the date was today. <laughs> Even though I just looked at it, I was confused. All right. So we're starting off with... <laughs> I thought you forgot what year it was. I was like, oh boy. No, I knew the year. I forgot what day it was. Yeah. Do you remember the time that we uh, both disagreed with Cole about when the pandemic oh, happened God. the whole year? And, I was like... And then we and he was right. wrong. And yeah. we admitted it afterwards, but um, yeah, he's still Vindication. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. Episode four. We have to vindicate. We're in episode seven. I'm so bad with time. Yeah. I'm so bad with it. No, it's funny. Everything I do now, I mark by the pandemic though. Even mm-hmm. though I got that year wrong, I'm just like, was that pre or post pandemic? That's how I, I judge things. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, life was better before. <laughs> uh, so, life was cheaper, I feel like. Every, yeah, everything that's, that's just got way more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, we are starting 2023. I know that it probably doesn't show up for you, but we've been thinking of the, the years we've been doing this podcast as in blocks. Like, we have season one, two, and three. And that's basically, this is the third year, technically, we've been working and, and, serving on this podcast. So we're excited to enter into this like the new stage. And the stage is, is not marked by anything other than the fact that uh, we're being intentional about, uh, we are not, we want to have guests on, we want to have interesting topics, uh, but we want to um, focus less on the testimonies of guests and have reoccurring guests on. So we've, we've had on, I think, 40 plus guests now, which is a decent amount. Mm-hmm. And having these guests on over again and talking about specific topics and the scripture. So instead of having uh, guests on all the time that are new, like we did, I think last year, the first half of the year, it was like every week was just a new guest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was really awesome. Um, but now that we have such an awesome repertoire of people that have such different walks of life that could 
add things to conversations about the Bible and biblical stories, we want to start having those guests on to discuss the Bible and Scripture with us. So we'll, we'll reach out to guests we've had on that we really liked. Um, if you don't hear from us, we didn't enjoy you that much. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but if we are You're studying, mediocre. You know, if, we're doing, like, if we're doing like John 10, I'm like, hey, this would be really cool. Let's have Mia Boone back on to talk about this, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so that is our goal for this year. And also, if you've noticed, our episodes have shortened in length a little bit. Joe, you want to explain why? Because I've been talking a lot already. Yeah, and because... my new resolution is to talk less. Because uh, all your guys' attention spans are... No, just kidding. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, it's not actually... Not that, no, because people just... Usually people listen to podcasts when they have car rides that are about a half an hour to and from work. The odds... like Not a lot of people are three-hour hour podcast people. Um, I am. I, you are. But I think we're a minority in that. Yeah, and if, if it goes longer, we're, we'll obviously go that length. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be natural. Loves, you yeah. know, if it goes natural, but we've noticed when we look at, like, you can actually look at the metrics on online, the bulk of listeners trail off in an hour and a half. Yeah, I was literally just over Maddie and Jacob last night, and she was talking about the podcast, and she was like, she was naming ones that she's listening to and ones that she hasn't listened to, and she's doing them all out of order. And I was like, oh, look, what, what, what's the, how are you picking? And she was like, I just go by the time. And she's really? like, took up to three hours, I won't listen. <laughs> I never heard that before. Yeah. Wow. Which I, f- I think that she just vocalized what a lot of people think in their brains. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I mean. It's like when people watch YouTube videos and they click the middle to see how many minutes are yeah. left or something mm-hmm. like that. Or they put it on double time, Cole. Or, oh, yeah, it's, like, it's just like. <laughs> just calling everybody else today. everything done. Like, <laughs> yeah. Or they're not even paying attention. They have subtitles on. Yeah, yeah. also true. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about tribalism. <laughs> well, people, people have said that they tried to put us on two speed. That's impossible because we talk way too fast. Which yeah? Is, yeah. That's like this Ben Shapiro. Like it's like a uh, chipmunk yeah. crack. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, so – and also uh, when we do the hour, hour and a half, like just for our like recording schedules and stuff, like I, I'm – if you guys know me, I have a second kid, so things are getting hard. So we may record two in a day or something. If we have AGP. two, three and a half hours, yeah, we have two, three and a half hour episodes in a day. That's seven straight hours. Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, so that is our our our. I don't even call it vision, but just the tweaks we're making for this year. Um, but our goal is still to glorify Christ, encounter Christ culture and community throughout this uh, this year, right? Yeah. So we are still Christians. Twenty twenty three. We yeah. still like the Bible and each other. So those are three. Oh, you made seem like there's going to be a butt in there. I was, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was, I was waiting for it. Well, I was like, however, what don't we believe? <laughs> but we don't believe in pants. <laughs> <laughs> we're all just wearing boxers. <laughs> we're done with guests. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, today we're going to talk about a topic that's going to be pretty relevant for <laughs> Joe just kind of walked away. He's done already. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, I honestly thought he got up to just take off his five. pants. I thought, <laughs> I thought he took it seriously. <laughs> I came back. Yeah. yeah. So we went from three and a half hours to four minutes. We didn't count it. Okay. So uh, this year, uh, I know a lot of churches last year, including ours. I saw online, you know, different churches in the area um, or ones that I, I follow had a, this theme of like unity for the year, a vision or a mission of unity. And I don't know if it worked. <laughs> Um, I don't, I, I think, I think it was, I think the heart behind it was, Hey, we're in the pandemic. Everybody's divided over vaccines and sicknesses and uh, mandates and all these different things. Yeah. And it was time to reunite the body of Christ under the banner of Christ, which is, was awesome. And I think that the pandemic magnified what was already a tendency in the church. Mm-hmm. And just because the pandemic doesn't see, at least in my circles of, of 
social activity, it doesn't seem like the pandemic is the main topic of conversation anymore. I mean, I only brought it up tonight just because that's how I yeah. judge time. But other than that, I don't really think about it that often. Mm. So I don't, I don't know. I haven't heard an argument about vaccines in a long time. So now people are starting to settle back into, you know, their pre-pandemic life. And they're starting – they still have that tribal tendency. And what, what, do you, what do you think – got? is it the chicken – like what do you think came first? Do you think there was – I think there was this growing division versus left and right. And the pandemic fell right in the middle of that. And the pandemic became polarized, which yeah, then in so. turn – so what? Yeah. So it's like I don't know. What I think you, I think it just magnified an already growing issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now that the pandemic is no longer like on the forefront, now we're falling back into our old tribal arguments, which we'll right, talk about which, tonight. Like the yeah, main yeah, things yeah, have yeah, divided yeah. the church for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, do you want to define tribalism before we go any further? Like an actual definition? Well, just like talk what Webster's, um, Dictionary, <laughs> Webster's Dictionary defines <laughs> tribalism as. It's a noun. I would. It's not a noun. On a, off the top of my head, I would just say when – oh, man. When when a group of belie- – when when, uh, when you – Generalized. So not just the church. Like what is tribalism? Yeah. I would say when you unite around a group of people that have similar thoughts and beliefs that you do mm. and that – Ones that you would find important enough to elevate above other ones. Yeah, you know I, what I, I mean. Like, I, like I, I mean, at its very core, it's tribes, right? And tribes are an identity with a group. Right, finding your identity in a certain held belief. Yeah, I mean, outside of the actual definition of like tribes, like Groups in Africa, people. I'm yeah. talking about like yeah, yeah like yeah. tribes, tribalism, the ideologies mm-hmm. of tribalism. So the. The good and bad – I mean, we'll get to all these things, but like just off the off the bat, just thinking about what tribalism the, – the drawbacks of tribal, tribalism like today is like if you if – you, I know the main issue I see outside of Christianity with tribalism is politics because politics, if you say you're a Republican, you are given the entire identity of what a Republican is, right? So – now, if you identify, like it used to be, if you said you were conservative Republican, it would be here are the values that I represent. <laughs> now, mm-hmm. when you take on the identity of a Republican, you're taking on all of the candidates. You now love Donald Trump, you know, you know, right. and you have all these preset things that aren't necessarily the core values. And so the same is true for Democrats. You're, you know, the Bernie Sanders, the Joe Bidens, mm-hmm. um, and we see that same drawback of okay, so I'm a Christian, um, and then you say like whatever subset or denomination of Christian. So if you're like a what what denomination would you hear that you would immediately attribute other characteristics to? Outside like, of outside of evangelical, yeah, Catholic, Catholic, um, like AG, right? Oh, uh, well, that's within. The, yeah, so yeah, yeah, within like mm-hmm. like I I immediately okay, so they probably think this, they practice this at home. Oh, that you would they, attach they something to, these, yeah, 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 you know, Baptist, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah Baptist. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of what we're working through tonight, or the different the tribalist mindsets, how how it can be. Examine through scripture and we'll look at examples of it in scripture and then apply it to the church and then to the world at large. Yes. Right? Yeah. I think that um, oh, more so than tribalism, I think the umbrella term would be disunity. Mm-hmm. I know we have here like tribalism or you no, know, truth and, over tribe. No, yeah. But I think 
disunity doesn't necessarily have to be from tribal tribalism is from disunity, but disunity is not from tribalism. Do you know what I mean? So like we can, me and you can just have a disagreement. Yeah. And whether it has to do with an opinion, a belief, or anything, it's like something could have happened, and it's our responsibility to become reunited. Mm-hmm. We can't stay divided over whatever whatever happened that me and you would not disagree, like an occurrence or something. We can't just stay divided. We have to reunite, and we have to put that aside. But that might not be an, an ideology that we each hold. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And this could be – I mean we're talking about groupthink for this, right? We're talking about groups because we did an episode on mending relationships with your brothers mm-hmm. and right. sisters. When, so we're talking about groups of people, tribes, you know, and, and their disunity. I'm just for clarification. Yeah. Yeah. So – Let's start with the Bible. Uh, so we have a few kind of key scriptures in here. Joe, you want to kick us off with uh, the unity prayer of Jesus? Yeah, this should sound familiar. This is in chapter 17 of John. Um, Jesus is praying for the unity of the church, and he says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me uh, through their word, that they may all that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the word that the world may believe that you sent me, and the glory which you gave me I have given them, and that they may be one just as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. There's a lot of oneness in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And was this our, was this the scripture that was behind our church theme last year? No, that was uh, Colossians 3. Oh, boy. Oh, what was that? 14. Well, that might the, be right. The slide was on this, you know. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect mm-hmm. unity. That sounds about that right. Sense. Is that the one we have here? That's the one we have here, yeah. Yeah. So, obviously, Christ intended, based off this prayer, a lot of oneness, especially with the body yeah. believers. Mm-hmm. Do you think, and I know your answer is going to be yes, but like, do you think the reason why it was so easy for the first century church to unite in some ways is because of persecution? Like, they didn't have time to have ideological differences. Like, there were some major sects that broke down. Yeah, I, combination of persecution, just time. Not not enough time had passed by for people to really dissect mm. what verses meant in the whole context and systematically. And, you know, there wasn't just enough, enough time hadn't gone by, and with especially with persecution, mm-hmm. for them to be able to actually like sit down and, like, come to full systematic theologies. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had those, but it was just like, especially, oh, and also when when the apostles were still alive, whatever they said, yeah, however, whatever they, they, whatever the they say goes. So mm-hmm. it's like it, at least not until they died, and then I, you know, there's persecutions. So it's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there were there like cause I was listening to that that audio book. It's been a while since I, I did because it it's like thirty something hours long. The the church. Church history. I forget mm-hmm. what the name of the book is called, but it's about church history, and it was impressive to see how soon after, though, like the first century church, it was like end of the first century, second century, third century. You had a lot of branches branching off of Christianity, mm-hmm. like really quickly. Yeah, that had some giant. So it was weird how you know it was obviously not accepted widely at first, mm-hmm. and then within like two hundred years, it was like three versions, four versions of it's, it. It's almost like the the game of telephone. Like the more you tell, the more it's around. The more likely that it is to change or diverge from the original. I know, like the, the, what you're saying with the um, divisions and like studying it more and having different I- ideologies yeah. from that is more likely to be. But just in general, yeah. the more it's 
Pass really, it on. The more takes, people eyes on it, the more likely it is to yeah. change. All it takes is it was exactly, which is why just why, which is why denominations really came into full fruition when the printing press came up around. Mm. Because now everybody, the could, everybody could read it now. Mm-hmm. So you got more eyes looking at it. You're like, wait a minute, I don't believe what this guy said. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, and that's when it really took off. Yeah. And looking at these scriptures that talk about unity, the Psalms is so clear, like how good and pleasant it is when God's people live in unity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the world's looking at us. Nice. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. And and I was thinking too, as we were, and I was reading through this study that, um, yeah, here that there, Israel was intended to be a tribe, right? Like it, Israel was set apart from everybody else. They yeah. were given a certain, they had groupthink. They were told what to think, how to act, mm-hmm. because their their intention was to look different. Right. So like. Christianity and like believers are supposed to inherently, I believe, like the church should be a tribe, people that think similarly and have yeah. unity, right? Um, as opposed to the rest of the world. What's the the, the word that uh, Jewish people use for not? Uh, goy. Goy, mm-hmm. yeah. From, um, oh, for like a Gentile? Gentile, yeah. 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 So it should be like the the goys and the tribe of Christ followers, you know? Right. Yeah. Which is interesting because we were looking at tribes and, and tribalism obviously has its... its it's bad and the drawbacks, but outside of Christianity, um, Christianity itself should be a tribe. They should. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's, Uniting there's around be the idea of Christ. The, the big umbrella one, but yeah. then within that yeah. is where there should be less. Because we are, if you believe in one God, if you believe in the one God of Israel, then you are different than most of the world. Yeah. Chad, so I... Hmm. Yeah, so the Hebrew idea of oneness and unity. So we, if you notice in the past two months, the last two months of last year, we really focused on the Jewishness of Jesus and mm-hmm. the words in John and, and with the, the ears of the people who would have heard the um, the event. So when Jesus is speaking and he's, and he's doing his first few miracles and when he's doing the I am statements and what that would have felt like to hear having the background of the Torah, background of being Jewish. Yeah. And so we're going to continue that kind of trend, which is what we're doing right now. Yeah. Um, so Akkad, it basically, when, the verse that I just read, the verses that I just read from John, I mean, he said Akkad in there like six times. Um, and it's, we have this in all, we do have this in our thinking. It's just not as recognized or it's not as prevalent as it is it, it's not an idea that gets thought about as much as it does in Hebrew. I don't know if we have okay. a synonym. We ha- but we have the, like for example, when we try to explain the Trinity, people say like, "Oh, it's like a pie or a or a egg yolk or and the, the egg thing." It's like we do have the idea of multiple things being one, but it's not a huge part of our thinking like it is theirs. So uh, the first thing I thought, even when he he's saying the prayer, like talking up the the body imagery is yeah. the best way. At least that my brain looks at it is because altogether it is it is you, but it is all separate. 
separate right. cells, separate organisms, yeah. the ad going all the way down to the atoms, and it's just but it all makes up this one thing. Right. It's like the person who talks about like uh if you start if you start deconstructing a plane, which part of it is the plane? Mm-hmm. Or thesis ship or whatever. Yeah, the, yeah, the elephant, get, right? Yeah. So there's a lot mm-hmm. of so we do understand this concept, but they it's like a huge part of their thinking. So basically mm-hmm. a is the Hebrew word for one, but more precisely it means a single entity made up of more than one part. So it can mean one, it can mean a compound unity, it can mean alone, individual, two and one, three and one. Um, but what it doesn't mean is uniformity. So like everything in that oneness doesn't have to be the same. Immediately yeah. you think of the body of Christ. Right. With yeah. God, right. the eye ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So examples are in the New and Old Testament of Echad, but uh, in Genesis 1-5, God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning, the first day. So first there is Echad, meaning one, it's two parts of one day, night and night and, mm-hmm. and day. Um, Genesis 1-9, then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one Echad place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. So you have multiple waters coming together to form one body. Uh, in Genesis 2.24, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one echad flesh. Um, so men and women in a marriage, they're separate and distinct, but they come together to make one. Uh, arguably the most important verse in the Bible, uh, Deuteronomy 6.4, the Shema, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. So that's echad. So that's where we can justify and make sense of the Trinity. It's three separate persons in one being. Um, in, in the New Testament, we got Matthew 10, 8 to 9. It, that's just Jesus uh, repeating Genesis, and the two shall become uh, one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Um, in John 17, which we just read, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through the word, that they may be one, echad, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be echad in us. And then Ephesians, Paul writes, for he himself is our peace who has made both one, talking about Jews and Gentiles, and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. So we could go on, we could go on forever with these, yeah. but those are just some examples of Echad. Uh, so that is huge, like... It's a very... It's a theme. It's a theme that's all throughout Scripture. Yeah. And a lot of times we miss it until we try to... We understand it, until, but we don't really think about it until we try to explain the Trinity. That's really the only time mm-hmm. Christians ever really talk about it. And you know what's interesting is that I was talking to a pastor recently who works for the CMA, um, the Christian Missionary Alliance, and he was saying how it, they consider it heretical to try to explain the Trinity. Mm. That who said a, that? Um, a, past, <laughs> um, a pastor for the CMA. Yeah. Um, that the, it's believed to be heretical. I guess by the CMA um, to try to explain using earthly analogies the the hmm. Trinity because the Trinity is not meant to be understood. So they're like it's like taking something that we're not supposed to know and pretending like we do. So he puts predestination and um, the Trinity. Uh, no, like the the uh, predestination and what's the other what's the other version of that? Predetermined for salvation oh, or. Uh... Free will. Free will, free, yeah. Free, yeah, right. yeah. Um, in the same category. Like, mm. th- stop. Mm. You're not, it's heretical to come up with an analogy that would work for it. Because that's only for God to know. Yeah. I get the concept. I don't know if I go that far with it. To yeah. say it's heretical. But 
I get the, I get but like he, we were at a, a casual cocktail party, and I, I, he was like, and I don't know what to tell my kids. And I was like, well, I, I always thought of it as like a pie. And he's like, wait, stop. Like, stop me. Um, huh? So it was like, don't even say it in front of me. And I was like, okay, sorry. I was like, I thought it was like a pie, though. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I went on a little bit of rabbit trail. So I did hear the end of what you said. Uh, I was so interested in like a possible English word that could mean something similar. Yeah. Is composite. It's made up of okay. multiple things, but is in of itself its own thing. Yeah, and think of how little we use that word. Yeah, yeah I, I, I my rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's composite with rock. Yeah, okay. okay. All right. So that is unity in the Bible. So then we take one step further and we get unity in yeah. the church. So, right, so again, so like a first century, all these metaphors of the church that the Bible uses would have made a lot more sense in a brain that understands the concept of Echad. Mm-hmm. Like, but we don't really. So, um, obviously, the one we get, Paul compares the church to a physical temple um, where each of us are the stones that build up the temple, and Christ is the chief cornerstone. Mm-hmm. So, it's one temple, multiple stones. That's Ephesians 2.21, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. Um, famously, he, he Paul equates the church to a marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, Christ being the husband, that's Ephesians 5. Um, you know, he goes on to say, so husbands ought to love their Which, own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Good. No, no, I'm, I'm just, uh, we might talk about it later. Um, but like uh, the importance of that, I think it's also in Genesis talking about how the marriage is like a strand of cord, mm-hmm. that it's better that they're separate and yet together because then they're stronger together. Well, yeah, and you have, you each have roles and responsibilities. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, like the church does. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. So, yeah, it's all one theme throughout Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus in John ten sixteen compares the church to a flock, him being the great shepherd. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my vo- voice, and there will be one flock, that's a cut, one flock and one shepherd. Um, and then Jesus also compares the church to the vine, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. So we got multiple branches him being the ultimate vine where we get our sources from. And then, do you want to read the First Corinthians one? This is the main one. This is the one that everybody knows. All right. Think I can do it? I think you'll, you'll nail it. <clears throat> get my Morgan Freeman on. There is one body, but it has many parts. But all its many parts make up one body. It is the same with Christ. We were all baptized by one Holy Spirit, and so we are formed into one body. It didn't matter whether we were Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free people. We were all given the same spirit to drink. So the body is not made up of just one part. It has many parts. Suppose the foot says, I'm not a hand, so I don't belong to the body. By saying this, it cannot stop being part of the body. And suppose the ear says, I'm not an an eye, so I will not belong to the body. By saying this, it cannot stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, how could it hear? If the whole body were an ear, how could it smell? God had placed, has placed each part in the body just as he wanted it to be. If all the parts were the same, how could there be a body? As it is, there are many parts, but there is only one body. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, it is the opposite. The parts of the body that seem to be weaker are the ones we can't do without. The parts that we think are less important, we treat with the same special honor. The private parts aren't shown, but they are treated with special care. 
I'm a child. The parts that can't be shown don't need special care, but God has put together all the parts of the body. And he has been given, uh, and he has given more honor to the parts that didn't have any. In that way, the parts of the body will not take sides. All of them will take care of one another. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part shares in its joy. You are the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part of it. That's like a pep talk, man. That's that is. Good. That's like a yeah locker room. Me? Like get back yeah. out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the halftime. Yeah. Seats. Um, so yeah, back to what Cole was saying. Like that's the biggest example, probably, of a cod like in the church. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It just makes the most sense, and yeah. like I don't know. It's yeah. it's one that because you are a person, it doesn't matter your background, literally anything. You understand. It's like a Timeless what's it an analogy or metaphor? Is that the mm-hmm. either one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like Timeless. It, yeah, it just makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, if you got a body, like I get it. Yeah. The part that's interesting too, I, I usually when I've heard this preached on. At least more than once, I've heard them mention the pinky toe and how important it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and how all your balance it seems and stuff. like that be yeah. the weakest part that you don't need, and yeah. then if you don't have it, it's, it provides the most balance more yeah. than your big toe. Or like, I know this is super nerdy, like the the smallest bone in your body and like your ear or whatever that's helping like you balance and everything. Oh, really? Like that's like it's super yeah. super insane. Like all these like tiny parts of your body that you're like, oh, might not need that, or it's not important. Where like he's saying, like God gave important purpose to those things. Yeah. Mm. I think I, we've talked about this before on an earlier podcast about like God does it a lot like to confound uh, the the proud or the wise. So we're talking about like building up the the lesser or mm-hmm. the things that people would think. Oh, this is important. Yeah. The, the firstborn. He does that a lot. Like um, yeah, trying to think of examples. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. or things that we put in higher regard. And he's like, mm-hmm. no, like I'm gonna show you that I can be used in in the smaller things. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and I think a lot of the just looking at this. Analyzing the church as a whole, like a lot of this unity I see is when th- these things aren't valued the same, like the parts. Mm. Like if you look at a, a church, and I'm just talking about little, I guess little C, like your local church, and you're looking at the building, and you're looking at mm-hmm. what happens on a Sunday. Um, you have people, you have the pastor up front who's usually elevated like really high on a Sunday morning, and you have the worship team, which is usually elevated higher mm-hmm. than who's working in the sound booth. And then who's, and I'm not talking about ours specifically, but I, I know this is a trend. This isn't foreign. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Cause you're on stage and it's like, it's different than if you're making coffee or, you know, and then the, below that you get like the, the Sunday school teachers are always like, Oh, they're doing, they're so mm-hmm. great. They're raising our kids. And then, you know, and then the back, you have the person who's typing up the sermon notes that is mm-hmm. never even mentioned, mm-hmm. you know? And like, that's the pinky. Cause if that person wasn't typing up the sermon right. notes, um, but I think it might be because we attribute more value to certain parts than others. Of I think that's just the man looking on the outside, mm. and we're not looking on the function of the church for it to operate. We're looking on talent. Like if someone's a good the pastor's a good speaker, you you mm. you hold them. Up, yeah, if someone's a good guitar player, you're like, wow, that's impressive. I can't do that. You know, mm. anybody can sweep the rugs. Yeah, we don't look at the heart. Not everybody's willing to, but everybody can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if we looked at the heart, we would elevate that more. But we we we're not we're not looking at the function. We're looking at like ten, like not everybody can play guitar. So when they see it, they're like, "Whoa, how cool is Adam?" You know, mm-hmm. worship guitar. Yes, they can. <laughs> Electric guitar. <laughs> what's required for worship songs? Yes. But Addison's playing next week. Nice, oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I I I do. I reference this a lot. Like this comes up a lot. 
you know, the, the body uh, part, the body part. Yeah. Like this whole, you know, yeah. it's just such an, like Cole said, it's such a great analogy. So it's mm-hmm. easy to, you know, I remember thinking this when I was a kid and my dad thought it was like me having a cry for help, but it wasn't. Like, I, I was just, I was saying out loud, like, why do singers get so much more elevated than the rest of the band all of the time? Like <laughs> it is, it is. And I, this was just like an observation about the, I wasn't even playing at the time on the yeah. worship team. I was just like looking at bands and stuff. It's like, everybody knows the lead singer of the band mm-hmm. when like yeah. that guitarist or that drummer might be the very best in their field, even better than that vocalist is in his field, but mm-hmm. they don't get noticed, you know, mm-hmm. or appreciated by, unless you are a drummer or you are a guitarist or a bassist. And I always thought that was strange. And I know, I understand why, I guess. What, what do you think the reason is? is why? I think it's, it's more, ob- it's more obviously unique. Like you have to really know guitar to know why if it's good or hard or different. yeah why yeah, yeah. um the the Hillsong guitarist I forget his name is uh, it's like I, I learned all my stuff from him like mm-hmm. why he's like like you watch soccer if you're mm-hmm. not a soccer fan and you watch soccer you're like what what is this yeah like it's not that hard to run and kick a ball mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. when you when you coach soccer you're watching you're sweating as he's running down the field you're like oh my gosh how is he so good yeah I yeah it's like anything singers, you, yeah. it's like an obvious uniqueness to it right and they're the ones that you're hearing the lyrics being. Mm-hmm. Like there's like a almost like an intimacy, like they're singing to you. Yeah. The, you're, the words that you're connecting with are coming from that person. Is that why you listen to Beyonce so much? <laughs> I have her live DVD when she was at the. Uh, Do you really? Yeah. Nice man. Um. Oh, what, 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 yeah. But anyway, yeah. But uh. But she sang to you, man. It's important. I thought she did. <laughs> <laughs> I could have sworn she. Not. But uh. Yeah. She's singing single ladies. <laughs> He's in this car snapping. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it even goes. Sorry, another layer deeper that I think even Paul is explaining it here. Like sometimes we feel like we don't have a place or we don't know what our place is, and we like hyper focus on like we'll use the example of worship. What if Adam like? Well, maybe I actually don't know how great or how much you've pursued singing, but imagine that you did. Yeah. And you're like, oh, what if I were just a great singer? When actually your talent is electric guitar and that you, if you do put your your um, your talent and ability behind that, you would exceed, but it might not seem like you're exceeding. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, this is just this is just what I do. This is just mm-hmm. the thing. I wish I was a really great singer. Where he's talking about the body parts where it's like, oh, if everybody was an I, mm-hmm. how would it hear? Like, how would the body hear? How would yeah. the body, would, like, all these little things right. that you don't think about. If everybody about. was a singer, we'd have an acapella group. Yeah. Yeah. Pentatonics, though, they're pretty <laughs> That is, uh, that <laughs> is yeah, pretty good. good. Imagine we just had a drum group. Yeah. <laughs> just, just like, and every counter is like, me. We need some guests, I think. Yeah. No, but I, I, being, being very transparent throughout the years, like, I've definitely had those moments of, like, what am I supposed to be doing? Or what, like, what am I good at? Or, like, what, why am I doing this one thing where it's like, oh, no, God gave me those gifts and talents and abilities. That's what I should be doing. And I shouldn't be focusing on why am I not doing this other great, uh, big thing. I think Adam, we've talked about this where I like thought I was destined for the mission field, uh, however many years ago. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to go now. And he's like, well, maybe you should figure out like the gifts and talents God has given you and then find where those should be. And I was like, oh yeah, you're, you're probably right. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. He turned out to be right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know, man. If next week you're not here. Yeah. You're in the, yeah. Uh, just as a side note, cause you're talking about missions. Mm-hmm. Um, I listened to a podcast recently and it basically talked about the uh, mining for cobalt in oh, mm-hmm. uh, the, Indonesia. Uh, yeah, but it's the, in the Congo. Oh, okay. And how horrible it is. And mm-hmm. it's like, it was one of those that uh, devastated me by the end of it. Mm-hmm. And I can't do anything about it. I don't know what to do. 
Yeah. Like it's one of those, it just makes you aware of something horrible. And then it, it's like every car, every phone, yep. every electronic thing ever made was handpicked by slaves. Mm-hmm. Most of them under 15. And with and the area is like covered in like smog and stuff. The people living around there are like dying of like uh, like lung issues and, and everything. Tunnels it's just collapse like, every week with like yep. hundreds of kids in mm-hmm. them. And, the, and like there's teenagers like carrying kids on their back. They're all deformed from the birth mm-hmm. defects. And it's like, and you can't live without them. And, you know, and like you get into the bottom, there's not, there's not every, and the guy was saying that there's a bunch of companies like Apple or Google mm-hmm. or Tesla that say that they have clean, mm-hmm. um, they may think they do, but he's like, he actually went to the mines yeah. that they have and he went in and saw 20, 30, 40,000 people in these caves and they're all just hacking away. It just, it, it bothered me, but it also like annoyed me now that I know it. Cause mm-hmm. I don't know what to do with the information. Besides yeah. telling the podcast. Besides telling what, what everybody else is just showing. <laughs> yeah, everybody else can think about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so... Uh, yeah, I don't know how. I mean, if I'm looking at, I think we're when I was referencing, I'll get the sense out. Uh, when I was referencing, when I'm looking at the church and the and the the tribalism that comes from looking and attributing value, that's very the man made parts of the church that I was just looking at, right? We look at the worship team, yeah, mm-hmm. and the like. That's we're not even looking at the biblical roles in a church and elevating them over others, like right, teaching right. versus mm-hmm. edifying versus mm-hmm. you know, um, so. Yeah. No, 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 no. Go. I just. Yeah, I mean, if you look the the gifts of the Holy Spirit, like mm-hmm. prophecy, I, teaching, yeah, supporting, yeah. service, yeah. leading, gift, mm-hmm. uh, giving, mercy, like. Mm-hmm. Nobody's sitting there like, like, bro. I'm so jealous of his giving. Yeah, I just wish yeah, I could, you know, I could give and, like, like edifying. Him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless it's some really rich guy, you know, like donates a lot and you're happy about it, mm-hmm. you know, or retires a lot. Um, well, yeah. that's what I'm saying. So it's, it's us looking at like a talent. Mm-hmm. It's our misguided yeah. like. Mm-hmm. And even with like the the giving one, that would be a very external. Even said like we'd be looking at somebody who has a lot of money and be like, oh, they're giving a lot, and you can only see it because they're giving it. Like uh, the the Pharisees that were like, oh, yeah. we're tithing all this amount. Whereas somebody who is giving in accordance to what Scripture has with the joyful heart and, the, and everything, and giving all that they have, it would be you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. You yeah. you just wouldn't know. They'd be giving everything joyfully. They could and be just, missing meals at home. Yeah. And, stuff. and it's ironic is that the people that I. Legitimately, I'm not just saying this. The people that I look up to the most in the church and I'm jealous of the most are people who are really gifted with kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I mean, I just, Paul and Brenda, like, yeah. I'm jealous of their ability to minister to kids. They're just, is natural. They have an incredible passion for it. And I don't have that. And it's, I'm not like lamenting it. I'm just saying, like, I look at them like, wow, that, mm. that I put above everything else yep. on a Sunday. Not just, more so because I have kids now and I appreciate it, but also before that. I was going to say, yeah, I, wasn't ever really involved with kids. And then as soon as I started to, the more I appreciated people that are just naturally talented yeah. at like teaching yeah. and like just talking to kids. I'm just like, hi, I'm not cut out for this. This is also, not me. I, also, I think what's so appealing to it for people who aren't good at it, it's so outside of moments of joy, it's pretty one-sided. What do you mean? Teaching kids? Is that what you're saying? Or dealing with yeah, dealing okay. with kids. Like they're yeah. not bringing a whole lot to the table okay. outside of moments of like, oh, how cute was you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They colored something for you that is horrible. You know what I mean? Like it's like <laughs> outside of like they're, they're, it's very one sided. You're giving a lot of time and effort. You're doing study. Mm-hmm. You're doing like your, your own little studies There's and no prepare gratification. There's really no, or no later consist- gratification. <laughs> yeah. There's no consistent. Well, if you actually find joy in it. The relationship with the kids, I guess that would be the media graph. That's what I'm saying. The jo- yeah. the jo- outside the of the joy, thing. if you yeah. find, but like, right, it's pretty one sided. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's normally what I would, what I would edify in my mind, in the church. I remember when I was playing full at college on the worship team, I uh, 
I was like, again, not a singer, but I was leading and there was like mm -hmm. two, 300 people. There's very charismatic, like group of people. So it was one of those like sweaty atmospheres, so you know, when you do <laughs> yeah. worship. So like I'm playing acoustic guitar and I'm singing and there's, you know, everybody's like, there's like people in the back, like dancing and stuff. And it's all different cultures. There's no denomination because it's a college group. And so after each worship set, I was sweaty, like legit, like soaked everybody. But we, we walk off stage. It was, you know, the air conditioning was bad. And then we'd walk off stage, uh, not even stage. We'd walk off the floor because there was no stage. And we'd go behind everybody and the worship team would get in like a huddle and pray that the, that the gospel that was being preached would be effective. Mm. And that was like our thing. And honestly, I started it when we, when we started going because we did it at camp and it, it's it's cool. Like you, you you preach, you sing the word of God, and then I remember uh, we were praying, and the the leader of um, NJCF came up to me, and I can, uh, shout out to Chris Lozier because I was pissed at him at first because he was like, "You guys, you look like you think you're better. You have to go back in and sit with people." And he was like, "Don't just sit with the worship team. Sit with everybody else." Mm. And at first, I was like, "Bro, but we're like literally praying. Like it was a moment yeah, of prayer. Yeah, we go yeah. back in after five minutes. He's like, walk from." Put your guitar down and sit in a seat. Mm. Like show that you're no better than anybody else. You need the word just as much as everybody else. And I, at first, I was a knee jerk thing, mm -hmm. and then uh, feeling. And I, he was right. Yeah, you know, you, you even if it wasn't intentional, like you don't want to send the message that there is a tribe. Right, right, right. Like we are a part of the tribe of this church, mm -hmm. this this group. Anyway. Yeah. That was the lesson I learned the hard way. Yeah, I think many tribes like that, what you're describing, happen because of that. I think is innocent. And you have to really focus to not do that. But that's just that's just literally just out of sheer commonality. Like if you're on the worship team mm -hmm. and service is over and you want to talk to them, most of the time you're talking about like that last song you just did, or yeah, or you know, or something mm -hmm. about the. It's just because you have that in common with it. Like, but if you want, but you really think about it though. Like if your if your real tribe was Jesus Christ that morning, those conversations you would be seeking out those, not those conversations. Correct. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. I, I understand it's, it, it is innocent and I don't mm -hmm. think it's. That's what I'm saying. It's not like, bad. you know what I mean? Like, if you, like, imagine, if you, if you hit like a crazy, insane wrong note, we would, we, we, I'd, we'd go over to make a joke. Yeah. About we'd go it. over to yeah. you and be like, what was that, bro? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. We go and like, that's your immediate thing that's going to, like, but next thing you know, you're in a conversation now and there's people in the congregation walking out and leaving and, you know. Yeah. So it's mm -hmm. like you had to really make an effort to, mm, to break out of yeah. it. Yeah. Because I'm sure that's a problem in not just, I'm sure it's a problem in every church where you have to, Make yeah. sure you don't seem like a click. Mm -hmm. Right, because if you're in the, exactly if you're in the congregation, you're like, oh look, they just want to talk to each other. Like you know, yeah. they're better than us. They're staying on the stage. They, but yeah. like you're just, I just want to go break. I just want to go bust stones on. Yeah, yeah it's like I'm, I'm making just, fun of it. Yeah. Like, like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, I was looking for like past 300 years. Where did everything start like veering off? Like you past know, 300 years from today? From today, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because it didn't, the dominations did happen, like the main ones that we know about. You yeah. Know, Catholicism and you get Lutheranism and you get yeah. those. And then you talk about more recently, though, I was looking for like Mormonism and like all these different ones that kind of, mm -hmm, pop, mm -hmm. you know, um, when did the, the, when did the issue of the gifts of the Spirit really split, mm -hmm. you know, and, and where you can identify as, 
a tongue speaker or not? You know, when did that become mm-hmm. an actual divide in the in the church? So I haven't gotten there yet. So I'm you know kind of excited to you know, now that I'm talking about it, go back and you know hear it. But um, when we're talking about in the church, we're we're looking at very microcosm like the church on a Sunday. What do you think the disunity looks like in the church today? Before we move on to um, our next point, look what are things that divide? Yeah, so. I guess that is our next point, right? The main things that divide the church. Um, yeah. Yeah, examples of division in the church, right? In Jesus' time. Oh, so what's what's different than today's church? Yeah, well, they're both. We'll talk about both. The same oh, time. yeah. So examples of divisions in Jesus' time was a lot of times when you read through the Gospels, a lot like the Pharisees and Sadducees are constantly trying to trap Jesus. That's mainly because at the time there was two different – there was division between schools of thought, which we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. But Rabbi Hillel, Rabbi Hillel was more liberal mm-hmm. and Rabbi Shammai was more conservative. So that divided people. But not like it does to us because Jews were okay with having multiple answers for one question. Like that, that, the, the black and whiteness is a very us thing today and not Jewish way of thinking. So, like, they were fine with gray areas and, like, but it did, people did pick a side. Um, so. Because a lot of the issues were important. Right. Yeah, exactly. And then some, so some divisions that came, uh, like, we have the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and mm-hmm. then the Essenes and the Zealots and the Messianic Jews once yep. Jesus came on, on the scene. And they were pretty much your five groups. So the Pharisees were your pretty much basic Jewish people. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then you have your Sadducees who only believe in the first five books. They didn't believe in an afterlife. They didn't believe in angels. Um, so they were very conservative. They didn't believe in a lot of – all the prophets. They didn't believe in any of them. The pastor says they're very sad, you see. Yes, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so they didn't believe in a resurrection. Um, then you had the Essenes, and they were kind of like – what would you – like the Jewish version of maybe mm, – I would say the Jewish version of the Amish, but no. Like uh, – they, they, they didn't believe that you could live a holy life if you were in a pop if, in a city. Like, almost like monks? Almost like monks. They were like transcendentalists. Transcendentalists, yeah. They, so they fled to the caves, wow. and they're, they're the reasons why we have the Qumran scrolls, mm-hmm. the Dead Sea Scrolls. Dead Sea Scrolls, yeah. scenes, And that was, they, they think John the Baptist might have been in a scene. He was very influenced by them. He, he fled the city. He let up, you know, lived a wilderness lifestyle. Um, and then you got the Zealots, which we've talked about, who believe that it was their responsibility to overthrow to cleanse anybody Israel. That, yeah, to, yeah to, uh, anybody that oppressed them mm-hmm. or was against the God of Israel, that was their job to get rid of them. Mm. It's like your terrorist group. And then Messianic Jews who believe the Messiah that everyone's been waiting for is here in Jesus. I like the last one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's where we come in. Yeah. But then, um, <laughs> So those were your five different philosophies that were divisions. The pantsless Messianic Jews. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... I'm trying to make Cole spit out his water for the time. <laughs> Every time I take a sip. He's... Yeah. So, so you see these divisions like um, like when Paul was on trial before like Felix and Festus mm-hmm. and he's talking to King Agrippa and he's, and he's talking to them and he's like, uh, I'm, being, I'm being on trial and I'm being persecuted because of a belief in the, in the resurrection, which our sect believes in. He's like, and he's talking to King Agrippa, like, you believe in a resurrection. It's the whole Old yeah. Testament talks about, like, mm-hmm. he's like, so I'm being convicted, I'm being on trial for something that we all believe in. And he, mm-hmm. like, so it's like, so it was a dividing thing because the Sadducees didn't. And, mm-hmm. um, and the Messianic Jews at that point believed Jesus resurrected. That was a divider between regular Pharisees that believed in a resurrection, but not Jesus. Mm-hmm. So you see these things being appealed to yeah. in, in scripture. Almost, I don't want to say taken advantage of, but. 
like there was a, a division and Paul played it to his advantage. Mm. Like, so. Yeah, I mean, there were even small things like you were talking. We've mentioned this scripture multiple times, but the decision to eat meat and the argument over that. Yeah. Like that was a dividing thought kept yeah. mm-hmm. in, in the apostles and yeah. with the people that were serving there. Um, so, you know, that's a, this is a good example, though. And then you have in Acts 15. Do we, do we get- oh, yeah, so this is the so, – so the biggest division mm-hmm. – and this is why I, later, then at the end of this thing, there's no topic that we have today that is mm-hmm. more divisive than when the church started letting Gentiles into the church and the whole Jew, Jews and Samaritans. Not drums? No. Or tattoos? That's a close tattoos third. Is, okay. Hats is made. Hats. No. <laughs> but there's not – dude, I, abortion, gay marriage, none of that is as big as like, – that was a groundbreaking concept. It's literally the thing that separated them. Yeah. It's like, all right, now you're together. Separate for however yeah. many years, like a so then, thousand. So then when – when, so when now Gentiles could come into the church, there was division of like, okay, well, what is that – what do they have to do now to be a part of us? Like – for the first ten years, no, no, there was no such thing as a not Jewish Christian. Hmm. So, when the first one started coming on the scene, they're like, "I didn't know they could get the Holy Spirit," you know. And so, they, and but things were happening. There was, there was, they were seeing fruit. So now they got to address it. So some people start saying, like, "Well, at bare minimum, they got to get circumcised because we got to go through it." So they got, you know, it's like they got to. And then hmm. that's when the, the Acts fifteen Jerusalem Council happened. Okay. Um. So we can read it. It's a lot. We it's don't, a little long. Yeah, we don't have to. But essentially, um, there are certain Jews in Judea saying that, like, any Gentiles that come to the faith in the Messiah have to be circumcised to be saved. And Paul and Barnabas get wind of this, and then they're like, that's absolutely not correct. So then they decide to have a big meeting in Jerusalem, and they call all the apostles and elders. I just feel bad for the few men that, like, in that, that, that the interim <laughs> that got circumcised. <laughs> Jeez. Um, so... They pretty much all came together and said that the Holy Spirit agreed that there's really only four things that Gentile believers had to do. That was abstain from food eaten, eaten with blood, anything strangled, sexual immorality, um, and then anything polluted by idols. Other than that, they can be separate from us. And distinct from us, but we're still one body now. It's the olive tree theology that you read in Romans 9 to 11. Mm-hmm. They're grafted in now. So okay. we're distinct now and separate. We're still Israel. We're still Jews. But they, don't, they can if they want to, but they don't have to abide by Jewish law. Jewish Torah. Yeah, so um, that, was, that was monumental. That was bigger than anything that we experience now today. And they... They eventually had to write a letter and say that, and go, and then go and preach that. Um, so that was a big divider. So if you want, it, so I guess that translates today how they operated about doing it. They pretty much called all the apostles and, and, and elders together and talked it out. Mm. And what was the big ground? What was the big shift was that they couldn't deny the fruit that was happening based on Paul and Barnabas' missionary journeys and all these Gentiles, Peter uh, and Cornelius, like the Gentiles receiving the Holy Spirit. So they couldn't deny God's work. So they looked at the fruit and then based it off of that. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. So I, that's a little bit different than ideology mm-hmm. that we would experience today. 
But I guess the concept is the same. It's where elders come together and that's why you need look really, at it biblically. That's why you need a really strong group of elders. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, some, like, different personalities, too. Like, different... Oh, yeah. That's what's... They talk about a body. Like, I think the elders are, like, the cream of the crop spiritually from that body, mm-hmm. and they need to kind of represent the different personalities. Like, you have a bunch of yes men. That's yeah. not good. You have a bunch of people who are all eyes. That's not good. Mm-hmm. Like, you need a foot. Like, you need a person who's going to be overly cynical about decisions, someone who's going to be a yes man, someone who's going to be encouraging, you know. And yet, you also have you also have to have people with the highest... The person in the highest authority willing to be humble and listen. Yeah. No, I'm serious. Like, so Paul and Peter were both commissioned to, to preach to the Gentiles, but that we write to them to abstain from things polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, from things strangled, and from blood. For Moses had throughout many generations those who preach him in every city, being read in the synagogues every Sabbath. And then James through James, they all write this letter. Almost like, almost like the Declaration of Independence, like the John Hancock. Like mm-hmm. James yeah. is like... So James had to be willing to listen. He's not the one going out to all the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. So he's got to be willing to trust Peter and Paul's testimony that, like, Gentiles are receiving the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. What does that – that means something. And that, they're doing that before they're circumcised. So clearly, God, it's not mandatory. And, and the, the council was made up of all the apostles, right? So, and the elders in Jerusalem. And the elders, okay. Yeah. I was just trying to to see like where the the authority was coming from because initially in the Great Commission it comes from like Jesus commissioning the apostles and yeah. saying like you guys have but the authority who's a, to teach who's the authority when mm-hmm. when you guys when it's disagree all apostles. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. here it seems like James is mm-hmm. he's the one who puts like the final stamp on everything mm-hmm. even though Paul and Peter have that apostolic Gentile missionary mm-hmm. authority yeah to yeah I mean. I, can you mind if I talk about yeah. Mark 9 real quick? Because it does tie in yeah. a little bit with it too. Because I like that there's – we're talking about post – we're talking about first century church, like post-Christ's ascension. Post-Christ's ascension, pre-Gentiles. Pre-Gentiles. Yeah. So, so that gap where it was just Jews believers. So you see like even with when the apostles were walking – so in Mark 9, um, even when the apostles were walking with Christ, so we have John here, mm-hmm. um, they had the, sect- uh, the sectarianism or the – tribalist or the yeah. disunity instinct, even while Christ was there. Um, and then it's cool to see Christ's response to what... Yeah. So it says in, in John nine thirty eight. now, uh, John s- answered him saying, Teacher, we saw someone who does not follow us casting out demons in your name, and we forbade him because he does not follow us. I think it's interesting. First, like, that's the action that's going to be condemned by Christ. And I think mm-hmm. that's what our first instinct is a lot to do. In, in here, and I think Jeff Rower, when he was on, actually did a really I nice job say of that. not yeah. having yeah. that yeah. that mm-hmm. um, con- condemning spirit about it with, with like worship songs and stuff. But Jesus said, "Do not forbid him, for no one who works in a uh, works a miracle in my name can soon afterwards speak evil of me. For he who is not against us is on our side. I feel like that's you know they should get that by now. Is if if they're not you know if they're not." F- with me, they're against me. If they're not against me, they're with me. Yeah. You know? uh, for whoever gives you a cup of water to drink in my name because you will belong to Christ, surely I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. And then he goes over the offenses in the next few verses. Mm-hmm. But so th- they're saying, listen, this other guy's doing something in your name, um, and he, they're saying the good news, but they're, and they're doing something good. They're casting out demons, um, but they're not with us. Um, what do we do? And Christ says, let him do it. Um, as long as he's doing the miracle in my name, which is interesting. And um, I think that's where the with us 
the with us is where the tribalism comes in. Yeah. Because it's like, nowadays, what does with us mean? Like, oh, he's a Christian, but he's not with us. Well, what is with, is, does that with us mean Republican? Does that, like, whatever you, whatever you want to put for that with us, like, he's a Christian, but he's not a Republican, so he's not really a Christian. It's like, or well, he's not post-mill, he's pre-mill. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so the with us, and then we apply that to our conversation about worship songs and, like, playing stuff from a church that has bad doctrine but puts out good worship, you know, and you play their mm-hmm. worship songs. So, like, what is that? And I know Jeff's, to summarize his, was, like, separate the art from the artist, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. that's the argument for that. Um, and to uh, not... His, I think his, the tender part of his argument was that when you hear that clip, you better listen to not just that whole sermon, but that whole yeah. month's mm-hmm. sermons. Yeah. And then see how it fits in the context of everything. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, and even then, you should probably go to attend that church for six months. And then, you know, so yeah, it's yeah. like, really give the pastor the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. there. So that's the heart of it, thinking what is here, mm-hmm. right? Like, if they're working a miracle in my name, please don't shut them up. Right, know? exactly. And I recently had... Um, uh, someone asked me like what my um, opinion was on a topic that was like very sensitive to them. Um, and it was a, a topic that we've covered on this podcast before and um, about like gender roles in the church and stuff like that. And my answer was like, I'll tell you what I believe the scripture says, but I will never yank someone who believes the opposite from the pulpit. Right. Like I'm not going to go tell the person they should stop preaching the gospel that, you know, that they don't belong to or a teacher that they don't, shouldn't be teaching mm-hmm. or, a, you know, um, but I, I think that's like the heart of what it is. It's like a, a, there's enough to do, yeah, than to start like yanking people out of their office. I don't know the, the cancellation culture we complain about constantly as as Christians. We do and, it, and 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 as Americans, yeah. and then we do it to each other, right? You know, yeah, yeah. So anyway, that ties in. That's almost like a, that's seeing Christ's response to what we're like. If Christ were walking, then with. Mark and, you know, sitting yeah. with James, the letter, like that would be his response, you know, for a right. lot of these things. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a very similar concept mm-hmm. where it's like, is he doing a miracle in my name? Then let it be. You know, he's like, are they receiving the Holy Spirit without circumcision? Then let him receive the Holy Spirit. It's like, it's, it's, it is, I, the gut reaction though, for me, I still want, I still want them to silence, I still want to silence them because they do bring a bad name. And like what I'm thinking about, <laughs> yeah. like I, I, I don't know if it's a holy response or not, but just thinking like, okay, so there's the people who, the Catholic Church, like when, if you're talking about like, I don't know, pedophilia but, didn't put a good, with the priest, didn't put a great name on Christianity and Catholicism for a long time, you know? Yeah. Like, I wish that they weren't around for that to happen because that damaged Christ's name or, for quite some time, you know? Still, uh, we don't want tribalism, but we're still united. So we use like the name Christian where you'll tell somebody like, oh, I'm a Christian, like, oh, well, you're... Do da da da, and and they have that like almost tribalistic. Oh, so you believe this, this, and you're like, oh no 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 no, and you have to like start defending yourself for all these things. Yeah, that you don't believe because there are sects of Christianity that are just that have that can the basic be all, doctrines wrong. Yeah, that can be all over the place sometimes. Well, I think there's when you say basic, I think there's like t- really two things. Past that, it's like we kind of have to let them go aside, mm. or kind of like you said, like like. We're not dying on the hill of whether women can preach or not. Yeah. That's not yeah. Well, that's not a hill to die on. But whether or not Jesus was resurrected is a hill to die on. Or yeah. if he was fully God or fully man. So is a hill to die on. Right. Is, yeah. is one that I wish would stop. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. <laughs> like, and I'm okay with but saying that's, that. But that's... Because they're, they're, they're not they preaching be, the basic doctrine of They believe in a different Jesus. Yes. Yes. That's, so yeah. they don't believe in the Jesus of the Bible. So that's a different thing. But they appear to the public as though they do. So I know that to me, right. it's, it's, to me, it's not bad tribalism from from my heart, 
but it's bad tribalism for us. You know, like it's bad yeah. tribal. It's bad tribe for us to be associated yeah. with. And I want you know, I just I, I don't know if I could choose, I would probably be the person saying, God, no, Jesus, like they're right over there, and they're saying that you're not fully man. You know, and then he would probably answer and say, what, like, what do you think Jesus would have said if they're over there preaching the wrong gospel? I, I honestly don't, I never want to, I never want to guess what Jesus would say, but I mean, I honestly don't know, but I, probably something along the lines of like, I don't even know. Cause just, I, I don't know. Yeah. But what, what's, if a Mormon is talking to an atheist preaching the, the wrong gospel, but the gospel, but a gospel and a, a gospel and a one God. And now this person come, I mean, they're, Closer, <laughs> they're not further. <laughs> I get, I get. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I don't know how to explain. It's not. It, yeah, what I'm saying is not. Well, God's in control, yeah. so regardless of what happens, He's right. going to work it all together yeah. for His good and His glory. Exactly. I understand At that. The, I understand that. And I'm just saying, as I'm job, sitting there, right. if, I, if I were sitting there hearing like some uh, like a, a Mormon like pastor, or whatever they call them, teaching to millions of people, it's like, man, mm -hmm. I wish they would just like insert other things so that people could actually get saved. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that's. But that's, I would that's not wrong. I would consider Mormonism a different religion. Yeah. They just use all the same language, man. Yeah, it makes it hard. But yeah, it's annoying. It, but it's a I would say it's a different religion. Yeah. Addie would call it noony. Especially because they're annoying. It's not being noony. She can't say annoying, so she made her own word. That sound sounds like annoying. It means annoying, but it's not. It's noony. <laughs> yeah. Um I mean just they use a lot of the same things, but so does Islam. Islam, mm -hmm. is, Jesus is the most quoted prophet in the Quran. So that's honestly where I was thinking. I was going through like other religions. Does it make it any different from any other religion that doesn't believe that Jesus died and rose again, and, right. and rose again? So it's like that's the the standard, like you were saying, like the two things. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Islam though is is distinct enough for people not to conflate the two. True. Um, for the most part, I, yeah. I would so think. it's really yeah, just a lack of. Lack of knowledge in Mormonism is really what it comes down to. Yeah. If, if you knew a little mm -hmm. bit more about it, or we can all become gods. Yeah. and yeah. Mm -hmm. Jesus is Lucifer's brother, and mm. he was created being. It's very different from the gospel that we mm -hmm. believe. So. All right. So what are the – so do you want to dispute over John Mark, or do you want to hop to the next part? It's up to you. It's up to you, man. I don't care. All right, Cole, but, you decide. John Mark dispute? Or current divisional topics today. I think we could we could do the John Mark one real pretty quickly and, All right. and jump into that one. All right, John Mark, let's trash this dude. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> just kidding. So, so coincidentally, in the same exact chapter, this is when you get this dispute over John Mark. So the Jerusalem Council happens. Now it's their job to go out and send this letter and and <laughs> and preach this this new agreement that they all came to. And Paul does not want to take John John Mark with him. Barnabas does, based off of in chapter 13, John Mark bailed on them. Mm -hmm. Now, there's... Good. No, which I... I, I could see. <laughs> that makes sense. I, oh, yeah, in, I mean, in, like, yeah. in my logical brain, yeah. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. I wouldn't want to bring somebody who said, like, yeah, I'll yeah, go oh, with you and then... It like, makes sense. That's, that's yes. what's hard. People... This, coincidentally, mm -hmm. th people divide over this. Mm -hmm. Like, who was right? Mm -hmm. When I think that Luke intentionally didn't say who was right. Yeah. Because... The point was to show how God used both and made them both. They were both right. Mm -hmm. yeah. And yeah. they used both ministries and used them to show how they reconciled. Because later, Paul joined. Paul uh, commends uh, Tim, um, John Mark and makes him 
sounds like he's earned his respect and he's great for the ministry and everything like that. So you see the full healing process and everything. Yeah. But I like this because you you see how these people that we elevate, Paul and Barnabas, Barnabas like they're human. Yeah. And like this is a very human mm-hmm. – you can connect to both sides. Like Barnabas mm-hmm. wants to give him a second chance, and he learned his lesson. Now he just sat through the council. He saw all this. Like mm-hmm. he's – let's give him another chance for redemption, and we should be forgiving. Mm-hmm. And Barnabas – and Paul is like not – this is too crucial of a matter to – like let him grow on his own, grow maybe not under my authority. If we if he goes on this mission trip with us, he's on, under my authority. Maybe he needs to grow apart from me right now. Mm-hmm. And so you see, they end up butting heads, and now two ministries happen. You get Paul goes with Silas, and John Mark goes with Barnabas, and they're both successful. Mm-hmm. And then you never figure out who was really right in the eyes of like morality or God, and then. Later, you get in uh, um, second some some verses that talk about it. Uh, later, Paul writes about John Mark in Colossians. Uh, he says, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you with Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, about whom you received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. Philemon 23, uh, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, greets you, as do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, Luke, my fellow laborers. And then this is a huge one, 2 Timothy 4.11, this is Paul's last letter when he was dying. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful for me in ministry. Mm. So you see the full circle reconciliation of Paul's respect for Mark. But I think you said it at the beginning. Like, no matter what happened, God used it and yeah. and multiplied the ministries. And, like, that was what was supposed to happen. But I mean, like, clearly what was supposed to happen was what happened. Mm-hmm. But what kind of seems... So this is kind of showing you, like... God will use disunity, and sometimes going apart is okay. Like, not coming to a... F- agreeing to disagree is okay, mm. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I know I'm not bringing the uh, politics for, like, a divisive reason here, but, like, the the, the political... It, it works perfect for this, the way that I've been explained... Democrat and Republican, like mindsets are conservative and liberal, is this is how it's supposed to work. I mean, yes. So bipartisan, um, bipartisanism, I guess, yeah. always to me felt like a stupid system. Just looking at it yeah, from like a, a no naive sense. eyes, I'm looking. I'm like, okay, there should be like 30 parties, and you vote for the guy who's the best, who yeah. more closely aligns. But the idea is there's there's two values, and the value is things should stay the same and things should be different. Like obviously, conservative things should stay the same. Yeah. So if there's you, you, there's a rut, and the rut is where you should go. It's been tried and true. You fall into the rut, and you just truck on forward. That's mm-hmm. conservatism. And you don't, you don't look for like a new path to. And that works for most of the time if you have a good thing to fall back into, um, a good rut to, to go into. But eventually, the environment around that rut might change, and your rut doesn't work anymore. Right. So then you have on the other side, you have. Um, Liberalism, which believes that every path should be new, you know, mm-hmm. and so they 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 chart all this new territory. They have like high in creativity, um, and they you know push forward and and find new ways when the environment changes. And the goal of those two uh, ideolo- ideologies, you know, working together is to hold on to the good things from one, and then the other ideology paves when the when the environment changes. And so when they interact healthily in debates. And when they interact healthily on writing bills and writing legislature, like the bipartisan system really makes sense for making something where it's going to hold and move. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm looking at this, like that this unity kind of creates unity for the greater good right? in an ideal situation where you don't have 
you know, money attached to everything and, yeah. and people with corrupt motives and everything. Um, and it was never explained to me that way before. And when it was, I was like, wow, that really makes sense as to why the system would make sense if it were ideal. Um, and when you're talking about this, these, these two arguments, uh, these two um, sides. sides, in the end, still don't agree, but they think highly of each other. And exactly. the outcome was beneficial. They, they knew and respected each other that they, they, they recognized that both of them fully thought that their idea was going to glorify God the most. Like, they, mm-hmm. they respected each other's opinions enough, and they respected each other. Like, they were both in the trenches together. Yeah. They were both in jails together. They, were, like, they know that they're living fully for the kingdom, so their ultimate goal is the same. Yeah. It's when you distrust the other person's ultimate goal, and you think that other party is like, you're just trying to cause anarchy or you're yeah. whatever like when you distrust that other person that's when it becomes a not like a, a bad division yeah which is and in, tribal which is <laughs> in the, the dust of rabbi jesus book he talks about how um in the gossip chapter uh, how you have to impute the best motives for the other person regardless of right. their outcome <laughs> yeah so that, yeah. that ties into that too like mm-hmm. mistrust it's like at any point you could like just in this group of three like Cole could really tick me off, but I don't characterize the whole by the action. Like I don't <laughs> now. I think that you may have had a bad moment, or mm-hmm. like you just had a bad day, or I really was a jerk. But ho- I don't just say, okay, that moment now becomes your identity. Mm-hmm. You know, I trust that you have good motives. You either had a bad moment, or you were right, or something. Mm-hmm. But the moment is what I disagree with. You know, yeah. and I think that this is a good example of that. Yeah, I disagree with that part. Right. Everything else I'm cool with. Exactly. Which I think is an, a lost art. That's, yeah, why, de- that's it's... why debates are so rare. That's right. why when you see Jordan Peterson post a debate with somebody from the other side of the spectrum of thought process, it has 10 million views because we're just thirsty for conversation. Why is it the way it is now where it's like we people there's no such thing as a conversation anymore? Like so I, I wrote down a couple of things that I thought that is unique kind of now to our situation, even from like when I, I grew up in the nineties, so like even from then to now. Things that are unique oh, about right now. So did you just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. 91 though. So. Yeah, yeah. You're late. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> um so like I mean correct me if you disagree, but I think more than ever, people now have been isolated into the tribal thinking. So because social media. That's one of them. So like algorithms have manipulated people's like viewing content on the internet. So people are now, <laughs> for example, more susceptible to believe in a fraud election because they're only seeing – everybody. they're only hanging around with people that voted the way they vote. They're only seeing mm-hmm. on their social media people, people that believe that. So like everybody I know wants to vote for this person. How did this other guy win? You know, mm-hmm. and it's like it creates that like – Myth or that, like, that everyone around you believes the same that you do. Mm. Um, I think people more than ever now adhere to one news station, like, if they adhere to all, but yeah, yeah. Um, we talked, we brought this up prior to the podcast, and I didn't mention it because I was waiting till right now. People now more than ever are moving to locations mm. where people think mm. and be- they there's this belief that their rights are being violated. And then they're going to move to 
places where there's more rights. And essentially, or vice yeah, versa. Like or, people or, moving to Florida, right? Like that's during the yeah, pandemic. Or, that's or a good if you're the other way around, people moving into cities to if you're more liberal. Yeah. You know, it's like you're you're now moving to a location where people think you're surrounding yourself with people that think just more more like you. Yeah. So I, I read a stat. It said uh, 50%, 57% of Americans live in counties where the candidates won by over 20 points, hmm. which is also known as landslide counties or landslide states. So you're, Geographically. So, so yeah. everyone's – there's little pockets now where everyone agrees gotcha. with everyone. So, And then um, as far as the church goes, there's now more churches available to fit your personal wants, needs, and desires. Hmm. It becomes more – it's consumerism now. It's more about me than it is the church body. Hmm. Hmm. And it's like, I'll just bounce around until I find a church that has everything that I want and everything. Yeah. Like, so all these things are creating heightened, heightened tribalism. And of, it shouldn't be, but of course, the culture and society is affecting and infiltrating the church. The same kind of concepts fall into the... So, yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. I think, too, the tribes, the identity of the tribes have expanded to encompass everything between two. So there could be, in the past, there could be somebody who's conservative socially, but not fiscally. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. and vice versa. Now it's like, if you're conservative, you're a Christian, literal creation, po- like pre-trib, you know, you have all of these things. And I'm talking about, that's not just the church one. That's like, you also, you know, anti-portion, anti-gay, pro-Florida, love Ron DeSantis, have a Trump flag, like, and you lump all these together. And I think social media is like the main one. And I'm not just like, like, okay. So I did that survey. Remember last, last year I did a survey with yeah. my students. I did it again with mm-hmm. my sophomores. Um, a one girl is an average of 19 hours a day on TikTok. The average in the class was 10 hours for a TikTok a day. The average of it's the class. It's literally insane. So they're on one app. The average, if they had the app on their phone was 10 hours. Um, so you have people. Dude, 15, I don't know 16, how you do 17. it. By the way, bro, like I, I, I'm not even. Kidding. I went to the high school Saturday. Me, Pat, and my dad went to a basketball game. Mm. I just don't know how you do it for so many reasons. <laughs> I love it. Um, <laughs> so, no, but no, like, I, no, I, the whole time I couldn't. I couldn't. I was just thinking of that. Like I don't phones? know how. Huh? Too many phones. There's a million. I, okay. Off air, we'll get into a million reasons. Okay. Why. <laughs> okay. Um, you'll encounter that after. Yeah. Uh, so, but the, subscribe to our Patreon if you want to hear what. No. <laughs> but TikTok, I mean, everybody blames the algorithms that tech companies are are choosing to make everybody more liberal by giving them and like forcing and blocking different ads or whatever. No, the algorithm like algorithms are just off screen time, like how much you look yeah, at it. They're and, not and making you pick proven. up your phone. <laughs> like I remember when TikTok first came out. I'm doing the, not first came out, first popularized during the pandemic. See, timestamp. Um, and because uh, everybody's stuck in their homes and everything, and everybody was commenting FYP on, they, they would, they would uh, hashtag FYP. What is that? For mean? you page, which means like the main page of TikTok where everything pops up. Like if you just Got go, you like go your to your personalized page, kinda? stuff, kind of. There's two things. There's your, your personalized one where all the people you follow and all their TikToks. Mm-hmm. And then there's the worldwide one where like, Got it. Okay. Um, just access to any of them. Yeah. yeah. But the they they thought that hashtag on the video, if it was like you're, you made one, everybody would hashtag that on it and it would pump it up. And it, they did it for years and it was never the algorithm. The algorithm was you looked at that one a little bit longer. It's in this category, promote mm. that category. So you have these kids maybe spending eight to 10 hours a day on something where it creates an echo chamber and the categories that are chosen by a tech company are are all of those. You like a Trump video, you like these types of comedians, you like this. Right. And so you're talking about now they're looking at, the, it's 
the geographical thing might be for adults because they've chosen to move there. But these kids, like, they're not even looking up to talk to somebody to find out if they have the same viewpoints, you know? So, right. like, they're so is, isolated. Right. But their isolation is involved with an eight-hour conversation a day with millions of clips. You know how the average TikTok clip is six seconds? So you're looking at 10 hours of six-second videos, all different. How many different influences you have of all of those um, different Do, people. And, and all seriousness, this is just out of curiosity. Do you ever like sit down with your like class and then talk about like? I just did. Okay. So, so we're doing transcendentalism in my sophomore okay. class, like um, Thoreau and stuff like that, and Emerson yeah. and like and uh, Ralph, getting off the Ralph nature. And Ralph Waldo. Yeah, oh, yeah. Walt, yeah. I didn't know which one. Yeah. Where's Where's Walt? Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, just one of the warm ups was like filling out the form and then pull it up, and then I had like social dilemma clips and um, just showing them like um, how their entire purpose was to disconnect. From everything, and that and was, how, that was and, barely electricity back yeah, then. Yeah, <laughs> and how so connected we are now mm-hmm. that like what disconnect, disconnected looks like not having TikTok. Hence, hence your connection of transcendentalists to the Essenes. Yeah, that's yeah. why I was fresh in your yeah, brain. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. you said uh, it, that's, that's why I was like really so excited one. for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and anyway, so that, that's that's why I brought it up and was and and some of them like there's like two kids per class that were really disconnected like I don't have TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. My parents just want me to have it so I can talk to them. And like I just feel like I yeah. like them more, like I appreciate them as people and they happen to be the ones that laugh at the, my bad jokes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They have like social awareness right. and they look up. Right. Um but anyway, th- but aside from that, I I do think that it's going to be more and more isolated tribally in the next 20 years when that Gen oh, X it can only go is it Gen Z or Gen X what's the what's Gen the, Alpha is the next one that, is that teens now no 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 that's adolescents right now I don't know what the uh, Gen know. Z I think I don't know yeah it's I, confusing the, but my point about the, the all encompassing thing is is that because the, the tribes are basically just two it's so much more difficult when being a Christian is attached to so many different things do you know what I mean? So like, there's really only two tribes in the world in the United States. It's Republican, and then with that comes well, that's the fifteen hundred things, including Christianity. And right, so but you're that's atta- the, but that's the that's how you fix it. The way to fix it is everybody knows, like you just explained, that mm. pe- when people hear Republican, they think this person wants to move to Florida, Trump supporter, a Christian, literal six day creation. Yeah. They think all these things, but that's not true. It's so much more nuanced than that. Yeah, of course. You can be a yeah. Republican and hate Trump. You can be so. The way to fix all of this is to have relationships with people outside of your tribe. Yeah, and then you'll learn how nuanced everything is, and how this box that the media is trying to paint for these two categories is not real. Yeah, and it's all just a myth. There's when you there's there, yeah there's Republicans and then there's Democrats, and then under those umbrellas there's a million different categories, mm-hmm. but the media only paints it as two, and those. Those two that the media are painting are getting further and further divided because no one from each side is talking to another. Yeah. So the way to fix it is to intentionally break out. Intentionally break out your shell and learn about the other people. There's left wings that don't believe in in abortion. There's you know what I mean. There's like Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's like it's much more. I just don't think that's gonna happen. Just being right. I'm just more article here to try to figure out the way to fix it. No, (laughs) (laughs) I was was trying to. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean that would be the that would be the goal. Yeah. And as Christians. We just need to focus on the core thing that does unite us. And I mean, as, as so let's, we'll step back because I can't solve the world. The world's not supposed to be solved, you know, like, yeah. um, well, in terms of fixing the, not fixing the church, but a, a biblically approaching unity in the church, it would be focusing on the gospel 
and focusing on doing our absolute best to understand the scriptures in the context they were written, applying them to today, and mm-hmm. not writing off wholesale anybody who has a slight deviation. Well, I him. think just like what I said, it, especially within Christianity, Christians should be doing that tenfold. Yeah. Like, if if you have a view on something or an opinion on something, you better be able to know why you have that view and then also somewhat explain the other ones. Because mm. if you can't, that means you're blindly believing something that was just told to you. Mm-hmm. Like, we say it all the time, but it, we, we talk about being a Berean Christian, but, like, that is literally how you fix this issue. Like, if you hold, I don't know, any any certain role, you should be able to explain the other one and, and why you don't believe that one. Yeah. And because if you don't know why you don't believe it, then you don't know why you believe the one that you believe. Mm-hmm. And then you're just believing because you're not being a brain. That's literally at its core. Yeah. And I think, like, society has crept in, and within Christianity, we, we stray away from that. And we don't encourage people to read different sides of the spectrum or read opposing views. You expect your pastor to do that for you and then tell you. Right. That's I mean, that's how, how much of the congregation would you expect? Like, you want Every, your pastor. Okay. So, but, but I mean, was, how many people go to a church? Like, this is different, different percentage of what you're thinking. So, like, how many people do you think, percentage wise, go to a church, look at the, the doc, like the statement of faith and all the doctrines on the website, or and then decide then to go to that church? Or do they go and they just kind of, I feel safe here, and then they just wait for the doctrine to come to them? I have no idea what. I was going to say, like, in your experience. I, from, from, from my personal experience, whenever I've gone, I've just gone to churches. Mm-hmm. I don't look up anything online. So I just go to churches. And I then do I the hear, first time, and then I, then from there I look at what their doctrine is. If I'm going to continue so you already, to go. So you, so you look up the doctrine first. Right? No, no, no. Mm-hmm. I'll go there. Like, in, co- in college, and I would go to different yeah. churches. It would, I would go to the church because somebody invited me. And then if I was like, oh, I might go back again, and then, then look I would it look it up. Yeah, I would just wait to hear something I either agreed or disagreed with. Like, you could pretty much figure it out fairly quick. You wouldn't have to do that many sermons. You'd be like, okay, he said this, so he probably believed, like, yeah. and, you know, and just sit, like, I would I would just go until I, if I liked the church, I would go until I heard, unless I heard something crazy, mm-hmm. you know, wrong, then I would then I would just go to it. And, and meet, really, maybe meet with the pastor or something. Yeah, if I heard something online. nuts, yeah. But I, I don't, I wouldn't. Again, because I would, I like sitting and hearing different pastors from different points of view and different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Not even pastors, different Christian philosophers, Christian authors. I, I like to hear people from different perspectives because that makes you more well-rounded, but it also makes you more firm and concrete in a, in a certain position. You're all, you have a, a very like logical mind, so. And it's a compliment. I'm saying like – so I, you can do that I think more naturally than other people. Like for me – and this is just being honest. Yeah, yeah. I, when I look at an opposing viewpoint, like if I if I bought like the, a couple uh, – I bought the uh, two books like six months ago. Okay. And it was like The Fault Lines by Vody Balkum. Yeah. And then the other one – I forget. <laughs> I didn't like as much um, – by the other guy. And it was basically on, on race issues in Christianity okay. today. It made me anxious reading the other side. Because I was a little nervous that I might agree with it. But what if you do? No, I know. But like, it's breaking breaking out of the breaking out of the hive mind, breaking out of the tribal your tribe. 
is it, yeah, it, there it's is a little fear yeah, should, with, yeah. that goes with it because you might be giving up part of the identity that you would you attributed to yourself because of that thing. So right. I understand why people's knee jerk reaction. And by the way, I didn't. I didn't like. I didn't like yeah, the other yeah, one. Yeah. So I. Yeah. But my fear would, would just comes from the fleshly desire to not have to change, and like because mm. you do get comfortable in the tribe you're in. You know, like I like this tribe. When I hear that person talk, it makes me feel type of way, and I don't like them that much. And you know, I want to stay that way. I guess I'm the way I am because my fear is being wrong, not being wrong, About, but, no, I mean, but, but like believing, way, but like believing the wrong, the thing. wrong thing. Yeah, and I mean. and I think it's our duty to search for truth. Yeah, I agree. I so, agree. So I'm just acknowledging that there is an awkwardness. Yeah. It's, it shouldn't. It's not always being like I can't wait to read the other side. It's like it's work, and that's part of the process. Mm-hmm. So I, I okay. No, no, no. I'll be honest. Like I like. Uh, uh, you've been doing a lot of, like studying, reading, like and, and debriefing me a little bit. Mm-hmm. But every time you bring something up, it I'm floods my debriefing. That's fine. what I wasn't invited. But oh, that's fine. You got to come to Horizon Monday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no Monday, Wednesday, or Friday. This is yeah. another podcast called Horizon. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it overwhelms my brain because then I'm like, oh, that's something I've never studied or I didn't ever think about. It's like, oh, now I need to go as in depth as you because I want to study it and I want to learn for myself. I don't want to just believe whatever Joe just told mm-hmm. me. Yeah. So it like. It, it is overwhelming. It gets to the point where I'm like, oh, I didn't know I had to like think about this thing now. Because it never, it never ends. When, like, yeah, it's, it anything, literally you know? never ends. I guess to me, that's the exciting part. That's what makes it God. Is. When we talk about the beginning, that's what makes God God. Yeah. You, you're yes. going to spend the rest of your life searching and knowing him more and more. The, more, the closer and more accurate you get to him, you know him more and more. Of course, yeah. So that's the exciting part to me. I get that that can feel overwhelming because sometimes mm-hmm. that does feel overwhelming. You're like, when your mind gets blown, you're like, oh my, this, now I got to go into this for the next, you yeah, know that's what like, I'm saying? Like, like I just, mm-hmm. I'm just, for example, like if I were to read it, I don't agree with socialism tendence, you know, and then I, yeah. I buy a book on like, that's like Marxism mm-hmm. and it's pro and I read it and I'm halfway through it and I'm like, sounds pretty good. You know, and that, now that makes me now have to readjust every lens I have of how I mm-hmm. see the world. Yep. Because up until now, yeah, I guess I've uh, I disagree with that lens. I guess to me, I would fear like, wh- why did I disagree with that lens? Like I I hate the idea of me, in the negative way, not in the biblical way, in the negative way of just being a sheep. Yeah, not the biblical way, like being led to the slaughter. Like no, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, of being like I'm just yeah, <laughs> I'm just blindly following something because I've been taught it. Okay, for example, here's where like it kind of shook me. Mm-hmm. When I started going to, if we're being transparent, if I started going, when I started going to therapy, uh, I was questioned. <laughs> no, okay. uh, <laughs> I was questioned about just because the, the guy needed to know. I was a Christian therapist. I was questioned about some of my theology. He was like, just just to see where I was coming from. And when he asked me some of the theology that I believed in, and then he asked me why, um, just playing devil's advocate, he was like, he was like, why? And then he's like, and then I. Because I, I couldn't defend it, and that feeling was mm. so embarrassing and so not biblical. Because mm. It was literally the opposite of be able to defend the hope that is within yeah, you. Because yeah, mm-hmm. that's not theater. just with atheists. We think that's like with atheists. It's like if you believe sir, that uh, in the Trinity, which in the early church, the whole the early church didn't one hundred percent agree with that. They had to have a council about that. Like so, like that. Then you need to know why. Yeah. If you believe in whatever it is, Calvinism, you, you better know why. Yeah. Or, or were your parents just Calvinists? Now you are. And it's like, mm-hmm. I hate that idea of no. just being told. Yeah. Like, so that 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 fear to me is more overwhelming mm-hmm. than the fear of like, oh, now what if I got to change? It's like, well, I'd rather, I'd rather change than. And I wholeheartedly agree. I just was yeah, identifying. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. That's why not everybody does it because yeah. it is exhausting and it could be mm-hmm. overwhelming. 
and it's just easier not like, to. Yeah, it is just easier not to. Yeah, you, just, you have that. Um, what's it, what is it called in? Uh, like you have the fire insurance or whatever. It's like, oh, I know I'm saved. Mm. And if I believe, like we've said, like these other things aren't really that. Like uh, they're not a core like salvation or getting to heaven, like any of that. So some people have the the mentality of like, oh, then it just doesn't matter then. Right, but we. I know you know. I'm just yeah. speaking. Okay. I'm yeah. just, but I'm saying, like, we know all scripture is profitable, yes. right? And we know that mm-hmm. it is our goal to study scriptures mm-hmm. and, and get closer to God. That's how we do it through His Word. Yeah. It, it just doesn't compute to me. But so I thought this was cool. Um, Jonathan Haidt wrote the Righteous Mind. Yeah. It's a, the one of the his I, other books are actually really good too. I have it. Uh, is it the um, Coddling of the American Mind? Okay. Yeah, I went through uh, Shapiro's reading list, The Forever okay, American. Yeah. That was one, one of them. But one of the quotes in it that I thought was uh, pertain to what we're talking about now is it, it talks about how to break out of hive mind, which is tribalism. Yeah. How do you break mm-hmm. out of it? And this was so cool for like Christianity, even though it wasn't pertaining to it, is that you need um, the awe factor, he calls it. And he says, uh, first, you mean, we need something that overwhelms us and make us feel small. That's the first step in the awe factor. Okay. And then the second thing we need is accommodation, which is a trigger that is so outside of our mental structure that we must make room for it. So just talking about the, the just generally how to break out of a hive mind, but why becoming a Christian is so, why it's so easy to break out of a hive mind of, of being a non-Christian. So like you are a non-believer and you hear the, the true gospel for the first time and it really resonates it makes you feel small, and then the impulse to accept Christ is so strong that you have to reaccommodate. You have to accommodate everything and rearrange your brain to make it fit. And that's why, like, when you switch from when you got, when you convert to Christianity, you are able to break out of it. And he's he's attributing this to like if you're a Republican or something, and you mm-hmm. and you. Um, have some sort of impulse or some overwhelming sensation that makes you feel just like you really just didn't ever get it. Um, and you have to restructure, but that is what Jesus is like. It's an overwhelming impulse that makes you rethink everything. Mm-hmm. It's the new lens. And that was such a cool way to phrase it. It's like, you need the all factor and Jesus is our all factor. And that's why it, people are, who really encounter Christ and really, you know, encounter him as a Messiah, they're able to restructure and break out of their hive. And I think sometimes yeah. it takes a little bit of, obviously it takes time, you have sanctification and everything. Right. The salvation um, process is the all factor, which is cool. And I think it also, that all factor, the magnitude of it also is dependent upon how much in, in your life is changing. If you're poor and you have nowhere else to go, and you, it, it becomes easier. If you're a Nicodemus and you have too much to lose, or the rich young ruler... That all factor better be huge because you have a lot. You're giving up a lot, yeah, to follow him. Mm. So there's almost like a unfortunate equation. I mean, you should drop everything, but I'm just saying, like, uh, unfortunately, there's this equation like with it, like yeah, yeah. And and he was saying how once you're in a tribe and you no longer have that feeling small factor, like you know you have no, that sense of humility. That's when you're no longer able to even evolve in that tribe. Um, and I think that is true for Christians as well. Like as at once we feel comfortable, like you were saying, like you feel comfortable and you kind of elevate yourself to have like this is the position, mm-hmm. then you have no more flexibility and you can't move anymore because you don't have that sense of feeling small 
So you have no vulnerability to change, and then you don't. And so, like, as soon as we get to the point, and we know people like this, like, I am right. Like, this has to, this is the mm. only way. And then you get that framework and you build everything else on it. Um, and I'm not, I mean, that's inside and outside of the church, I'm sure. But, I mean, conversations about alcohol in the Bible, conversations about, like, uh, gender identity issues and everything. It's like, I, I do think a lot of the scripture is plain and normal um, for some of those issues. But yeah. sometimes it's like, okay, so what's your verse for that? And then, if, like you're saying, you feel yeah. that embarrassed feeling. Like, you feel small right now. Let's change. Yeah. I mean, right? That's that's that. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. The so when I was in that, yeah, w- when I was in that situation, I had to address it and like, okay, I felt small and and embarrassed because I finally, it it was really it was I had been in a tribe for so long, and I was confronted with somebody outside of that tribe mm-hmm. that I didn't even that I would have never normally come across, and now not only is it just a it's, this is just, just an atheist, but it's a person who who knows why they believe what they believe, mm. and it's now coming back and forth with me, and I'm not doing good. <laughs> so, yeah. so I got to read. So it's like, all right, either I need to learn my position better to be able to defend it, or I got to learn which one is right and then defend that one. Or, you know, so it's like, and the Holy Spirit would be the guide through all of that. Yeah, correct. Right? right. Like prayerfully going through and going to the yeah. Bible, which exactly. is an important step. Yes. You know, like not acknowledging your way through a yeah. John chapter five, you know. Right, right, right. Like praying that God reveal the actual which is it's, yeah. I think it's confusing because then I'm sure a lot of people have prayed that prayer and come to different conclusions, you know. truths no I don't think we're saying that but I'm saying I, I know people right now that they were it, listening to us saying like here are other, it, here are other count, uh, like anyway go ahead no, no, no. it can sound like you'll never know and you'll always be changing throughout your entire life that's kind of what it sounds can't like really yes. be known yeah like, that's what it sounds like yeah which counter to and again I brought this you, up before but John MacArthur's like main thing is there isn't anything you can't know in the Bible you you can know every the answer to everything, um, and there is yeah I don't agree truth. with that I know yeah um, I do think the there's most- I do think there is absolute truth, and I think authors had an intent in mind, but to always be able to know it and get it in everything, you, we're not God because the ultimate author was the Holy Spirit. Yeah, so I, it, it's not necessarily thinking about the, the two things you know, holding in open hand like we talked about before, like the, if you have the Trinity like, and then they're distinct, you get one. Like yeah. that's not really what he's talking about. It's more so like does God permit homosexual marriage or something that's like not exactly there, thou shalt not. You know, You can find out through systematic study of the scripture whether or not that is there. There is nothing you can't find out through systematic. Right, but I, there's people a lot smarter – and they can hold their own against John MacArthur with a lot of his views. Mm-hmm. So either he's and he wrong, and, he, say, and then he and lands. He would on, just say they're always wrong, right? That sounds like a very prideful position to be in. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just I, because if you, if they had a debate, some people would school him. Yeah, and you can just resort to saying they're wrong at the end. But if you're if they're coming out with more verses and more context and more mm-hmm. support, then you're wrong. You're you're, you're more wrong than they are. We, we're never yeah. going to. Okay, so like that's the that's there's. From the very beginning, since it was written, multiple views on Revelation. 
mm. and they have been argued for 2,000 years now. John, how does John, John MacArthur know what he just <laughs> he just knows which one he it is? It. Like, that's an interesting stance. That, that's a that's yeah. I don't agree with that. But yeah. I do agree with if you're a Christian, you should in every area, not just that, but like be reading multiple views. And be pursuing absolute truth all the time. Correct, yeah. And if it for changes, the then it changes. But, yeah. it, but it's Holy Spirit-led, and you're doing it for the glory of God, and, and you're 100% at that point believing that, like, this is what I think. With the knowledge that I have now, this is what I think was the author's intent. Yeah. It makes the most coherent sense with everything that I've compiled. But back to your point, like, why would people be... I don't understand why. Okay, why would people be upset at the conversation we're having right now? Kind of what you just said, right? Like that you can never, like you can never f- settle on a truth and say, okay, this is the truth. Like I've done my research; it is clear to me that the Bible is saying this, and then you have to like that. But where person- are we? That is a that like, that that thing you just said about John MacArthur, and if that if that has penetrated the minds of America. That is a very American way of thinking. Like He's a number one evangelist ever, besides Billy Graham. So it's definitely permeated all of evangel. Like, I'm just... To I know absolutely, what, I'm no, like, what I'm saying is absolutely... Like, they didn't absolutely know in Jesus' time. There was Rabbi Hillel and Shammai. Yeah. And Jesus pulled from both. Mm. So that's just a very Western way. And he's a very... He's a 21st century Western evangelist. So it's going to but like, be in the, that mold. No, I, so, so, so wait, wait. Uh, I, I, think, I think I know the, the issue. It, it's not that one side is right or wrong that eventually you will be picking from both sides like you said rabbi uh Hello, so, mind. yep yeah Jesus would pick from both of them but eventually he formulated i mean he he's god but i yeah. it's a little bit of a cheat but like <laughs> he formulated one truth and like and right. preached that so eventually there is a like this is truth like I, does that make sense i think that's where the confusing yeah. part yeah. comes from correct but then there's things post jesus's life that are written that for 2,000 years people have disagreed with. And so I'm just saying, do you hear the arrogance in that statement? I do. So do- John MacArthur saying there's one, that means he, whatever his, that means whatever his belief is, he's claiming is the ultimate belief. Mm-hmm. Correct. He's but basically he, saying like, I am right, no matter. Correct, but we can assume. That's insane. He had to say. So let's assume he has studied every other side of this and came to the conclusion that this one is right and he is correct in this. There's not going to be new information that comes up because the Bible's written and he studied. We'll say all the sides of the, that. Yeah, you, one you, piece. but the Bible is infinite. In yeah, its I guess maybe that's He'll where he'll never get to all of it. Yeah, maybe that's where the the arrogance comes in. Confusing part comes. Yeah, like there is he, no he, way to. He's essentially it. saying, I have looked at every single view of every single scripture in its entirety. With all wisdom, and I've I come think to the ultimate about the, conclusion. The, the ones that people would generally be interested in knowing. I'm sure he's not like worried about what color the pants were that Jesus wore in like the third day. Of no, I'm not ministry. talking about that. But I'm talking but about like, like people have. There is geniuses in every camp of post mill, pre mill, mm. uh, mill, pre trib, mid trib, post trib, and he, he's essentially claiming whatever I believe well, is the right one because there is an ultimate truth, and I landed on this one, so that one must be the right. Yeah. So I, I, I assume I, I'm not. Spe- I don't know how to speak for him, like for everything. But I, mm-hmm. what if I'm thinking like through his eyes a little bit is like he's been around for 50 years, has heard all of them, all of them speak. He's heard all the geniuses yeah. on every topic that would be presenting issues in the church today, 
And he obviously hears them and thinks this one, after I've heard everything, is definitely right. I've heard like, every but time they every time they speak, it's just like it doesn't make any sense. But what I'm saying is he's he's not alone in that. Every scholar has heard every point of view and heard everything and come to one conclusion. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm not. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? And yeah. they might fall on a different answer. Mm. So that once so you're that, at once you're at a certain biblical level, once you're at a certain scholarly level, yeah. you've heard and studied every single side, and there's every author there is mm. that like that's you've got your doctorates and yeah. you've heard it all. Mm. So he wouldn't be. He's not the only one who's read everything. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like yeah. And and I'll, I'll, look up, camp, I'll look up the context of that that quote, but I have heard it multiple times. Like on different people, like not, not different people from him in different contexts of like if you really want to know. Like what God, the, what God's heart would be on Black Lives Matter, like you can figure out His heart in this issue from the scriptures. Like that would be a statement He would make, um, because like God's heart is bleeds through every scripture, and you can identify what's happening in that movement, and now you can then. I, so He's essentially saying everything in Scripture is black and white. Uh, don't get race into this. I was just you said Black Lives Matter. <laughs> yeah, no, you know what I mean. Is that essentially what we're saying? In that hypothetical statement, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I just think that is very not biblical and Jewish. Yeah. So I'll I'll uh, I'll, I'll come up with some quotes and I want you to argue with them next next episode. <laughs> He's next guest. Yeah. Don't All right, John McGuffer. Yeah. Um, I I mean just not because of that statement alone, but I do generally like him. Like I think his he's got great insight into scripture and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like even if you disagree with that, you could still read his books and get something. Oh, yeah, out I would of still him, read right? them. Yeah. Like, um, but because I, I grew up. With his commentaries and everything, so I, he is the tribe that I have in my brain. Like he's he's the schema of the mm. Bible that I've had. Um, so that statement I've heard from my pastor that I had before Pastor Vince, um, like constantly. You know, if you want to know, you can know, and you can rest assured that you're right. Um. So, anyway, so uh, just to wrap up, these are some of the topics that divide in the church today. So politics, left and right, we hit that one. Um, cultural topics. Um, abortion, gay marriage, um, BLM, social justice issues. Those are the, I would argue, probably the biggest ones today. The, the last few, like right now, there's a huge split in the Baptist, um, Southern Baptist uh, organization. I don't know what they would call that. Um, that Vody always talks about how they basically brought in the woke language and there's a huge split in, the, in um, I want to say Baptism, Baptists. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, denomination, um, and it's causing a lot of, of pain and heartache and um, a lot of big names are taking sides and it's causing a big split. Um, the covenantal versus dispensational. That's one that I think we're kind of working through mm-hmm. um, as theologies. Uh, I, for the past five, six years, have been working through the framework of dispensationalism. And I do think that's a, like a tool we should use, but just because Joe has been bringing up the covenantal theology and like how that works. And um, so we are as, you know, Christians learning and trying to figure that out how each of these things can be used to study the Bible. Uh, views on pre, post, and a mill. Um, this one seems to be what divides people 50 and up. Um, I, I'd have never, I don't know, it doesn't divide for me. Uh, or we have views on the tribulation, pre trib, post trib, mid trib. Um, th- biblical inerrancy, that's a tough one. There's multiple views. I know. On like what that means. Yeah. Like is it actually perfect? Are there room for translational errors? Are there like right. is it is it that God has guided every translation, which translation's right? Were if, they zombies so, just writing what was like Yeah, mm-hmm. did their eyes they, roll back and right, they start right, writing right. like L from Stranger Things or did yeah. they have, you know, 
um, the views on the roles of Israel and the role of Israel. That's a big one. That pretty much is the covenantal and dispensational. Yes. Views on creation. Um, the, the role of Israel one though, that, that, that ties back to politics, right? Like if you're on one side of politics, you, you have to support, if you're in, if you're in the tribe of right, you support Israel. If you're in the tribe of left, you don't. Right. I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's the camp, uh, views on creation and interpretation of scripture. The, the view on creation one is just, I, I don't know. Pat. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, my mic, my mic just fell off. Come on, Cole. <laughs> I'm not even close. Oh, my God. Jamie would have caught it for jokes. <laughs> I'm on the other side of the table. You wanted me to jump uh, across you and grab it. So we're just going to finish. We're just going to hold it. I'm just going to hold it like, like a Michael Jackson did a little thing. <laughs> I was going to be able to take you serious. <laughs> right. <laughs> So interpret you would take the, the picture now. Yeah, uh, I was gonna see that. The interpretation of scripture at Calvinist, Arminius, Baptist, Catholic. There's more than that, but Yeah. So I agree. Those are all giant issues. Um I would add into this uh worship, styles of worship are yeah. really big things that t- divide in, in the church today. Um roles of women. Roles of women, um l- how people treat LGBTQ plus communities. Yeah. Right. Um, what else would it be in there? What are the other main ones? That uh, Those are the baptism. Main ones. Uh, oh, yeah. Baptism. I mean, a lot of these like fall within the... the yeah, yeah. yeah, Like the gifts. Mm-hmm. Gifts of the Spirit, yeah. Uh, gifts of the Spirit. That's another huge one. That would also land in... Which one would that land in? Covenant. Yeah. Yeah, and that's... At least in our, our local town, that's what divides our churches, right? Yeah. Um, if you leave like five churches, they have slightly different views on the mm-hmm. gifts, each of them. Yeah. That and then the... Catholic Catholicism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which would have different baptism. Yeah. Errancy. Yeah. All right. So we solved everything. Yeah, we all believe the same thing, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 And I I I mean if we're looking at how going back to Mark nine, how Christ handled this, it was like if they're preaching in my name, if they're they're doing good works in my name and they think differently of you, it's not your job to silence them. Um but we do, and we should be studying avidly the scriptures. And trying to find what, what God intended for us, and that's what we do on Encounter, I guess. Yeah. Cool. All right, so Joe, sum us up. How do we promote unity in the church today? You said this once already, but we'll... Um, I think as an individual, it's your responsibility to be well-rounded, and okay. Well, all right, Siri. Siri, we're falling apart. Literally, you're holding your uh, <laughs> Yeah. So, as an individual, oh, it's, it's it's your responsibility to be uh, well-rounded in your knowledge, be able to defend what it is that you believe, know why you believe, but then also talk to talk to other people that you have put in a box. And sir, don't must be little people. <laughs> don't put yourself in an echo chamber, and don't like surround yourself with people that think just like you. Intentionally go out and and also if you, if you do the first one, and you're confident in your beliefs, mm. and you know why you believe what you believe, you shouldn't be afraid to have these conversations. Yeah, this goes back to our, way long ago about our episodes about like uh, um, 
uh, oh my gosh, being able to defend your belief as a, as a Christian and and witnessing to non-believers, like oh, if you, apologetics, apologetics, like, and then yes, yeah, like, like if you don't if you don't know why you believe what you believe, you're going to feel less confident in going out and talk to people of different faiths, different mm-hmm. non non-believer like atheists. You're going, but if you know why you believe why you believe, you'll have a higher like, confidence. What are you afraid of yeah. Same thing with if you know why you believe a certain view on a systematic theology, a certain view on revelation, you'll have no problem telling other people, like, yeah, go ahead, go read these other theologies. I bet you're going to come back to mind. Like, mm. you would be confident with that. You wouldn't be hiding it. You wouldn't be, you wouldn't be saying, stay away from all those, like, those loony bins. You know, whatever. Like, so. Mm. Yeah, I agree. And, I mean, finally, let the Holy Spirit guide your study. Yes. Like, in, in all things. I think I've caught myself in the, the trap before, just like opening the Bible and like hoping wisdom will just like punch me in the face instead mm. of like praying, God, like please reveal the truth, mm. you know, to me. And you know, you can find yourself in a in a spot where you're trying to justify positions with Scripture, which can, you know, you can justify anything. Yeah. All right, Cole. Any final thoughts? I, I said the other one earlier. We all believe the same things, and we're okay with that. That's how we. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. He says ironically. <laughs> yeah, ironically. Just yeah. In case the sarcasm did not uh That's gonna be the sound bite. Flow from we all believe the same things. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you've been encountered. Thank you so much for tuning into the Encounter Podcast and being part of the Encounter community. We treat this podcast as a ministry. We pray for it. We pray for our listeners, and we pray that the guests and the information and the gospel that we share on this channel and this media platform are always and only glorifying to Christ and Christ alone. And while we do that, guys, our podcast sometimes spans one to three hours. So if you hear anything that you disagree with while we are speaking, which is highly likely, be Berean Christians. You have a few options. The first one would be to take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. The second one would be to know that your and our authority should be and always be the scripture. So before you take anything at our word, please open the pages of your Bible, read them and find out what absolute truth looks like. Find it. And then the next step would be to reach out to us. And we would love to learn from our listeners um, as you are listening through a one-way communication to about our podcast. So please reach out to us with questions, concerns. We want to be held accountable. We want to have conversations. We want to see actual growth. But first, take a deep breath. Second, open your Bible. And three, give us a shout out. Have a blessed week.